When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Switzerland, the U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Going to try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. Welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Here tonight, as always, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, uh, they will handle your case. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, bilingual at 512-865-6700. One zero. All right. We are streaming at hornfm.com. And that's also where you get the show podcast. So we got a lot to dig into tonight in Major League Soccer, the international game, plus uh, Man City, Bayern Munich, Everton, Barcelona, or all touring the United States, um, getting their branding in and also preparing for the start of their European seasons ahead of the World Cup in Qatar, which adds additional intrigue. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD, Facebook Soccer Matters, and of course, learn more about the host at glendavissoccer.com. All right, tonight we got Eric Goodman. Uh, always enjoy having Eric on. Last week, Chris Bills from The Striker. This week, Eric Goodman, The Austin Chronicle and The Verde Report. Uh, this show always very important for me to include uh, others that are writing in and around Austin FC and the great game of soccer. So I'm glad to to have Eric on here tonight. Uh, you've often heard me mention on this show that mistakes, whether technically or from the standpoint of decision-making, leads to entertaining matches for fans. And, well, that's what we got last night in Austin. Austin FC, New York Red Bulls, ends 4-3. New York Red Bulls get the win. Austin FC now sits at 12-5-5 on 41 points. Second in the Western Conference behind LAFC. We've got a first goal from Gareth Bale. And LAFC sits on 45. And Austin FC has now played an additional game than LAFC. So it was seven goals, wild game, head-shaking mistakes, um, uncharacteristic moments for individuals, impressive goals. And then an Austin FC push at the end of the game at Q2. No Brad Stuver in goal because of the COVID protocol. That was evident. That was an area that uh, as, a, as good a goalkeeper as he is, Andrew Tarbell is going to probably tell you this wasn't his best game. Spilled one, looked a little bit nervy at times. John Gallagher, Gabrielson, Cascante, and Lima were the starting uh, back four. Midfield, Felipe and Alex Ring, a little bit deeper. Uh, Driussi and then uh, Fagundes Aruti and uh, Owen Wolf. Danny Pereira, Jan Kolmanich, Ethan Finley off the bench has a triple sub. Uh, the two wingers do a very, very good job. 
Washington Corroso and Musa Gite in the latter stages. Corroso with a scissor kick that led to an Ethan Finley goal. So you got something out of the wingers in this one off the bench. But uh, a lot to consider in this game. So let's remember, now going into this game, Austin FC and the Red Bulls, this was built as sort of the possession, the great buildup game of Austin FC, the great transition game up against a young team that has a high energy, a lot of running, a high pressing game, which they marry with their team shape. Um, and a young Red Bulls, supplemental players, guys in their teens. And this was no surprise. You knew what you were getting into into this game. And quite frankly, this is no different than what I witnessed in calling Houston Dynamo, Minnesota United. Everybody and their mother who studies MLS knew that Minnesota United was coming in in a low block. Everybody and their mother knew that the New York Red Bulls were coming in in a pressing game. Josh Wolf even acknowledged it. They all know. They know better than me, these staffs. At the end of the day, though, the Red Bulls under Gerhard Struber, they come out winners. Up until the end of the first half, the New York Red Bulls closed off passing lanes, got additional pressure on a ball that clearly disrupted Verde. You just kept kind of thinking, okay, at what point are we going to find uh, some rhythm, some tempo, start dictating a little bit to the Red Bulls? Red Bulls owned that first half. And you kept waiting for it, and it really didn't come. And then you get this great Driussi goal off a set piece, the great footwork backing up, slashes in the volley. By the way, degree of difficulty on that sometimes is not expressed enough. He's moving his feet backwards and then hits the sweetest of volleys. Now, if you go back and look at the video of this, he is completely unmarked off the corner and the pressure comes to him really, really late. Um, that's the last guy on a set piece that you really want to be inattentive around. And, and that just tells you the quality of Sebastian Driussi. Um, fantastic goal there. So it makes it two to one. And you're thinking, all right, game on second half. Going to find our game, uh, get back into this one. We know Austin FC's got a lot of backbone. They can come back in games. We've seen it happen. But the challenge for Austin FC against the Red Bulls is that they really didn't come out in this game matching the work ethic and intensity which was a little surprising to me. You play the Red Bulls, you got to do things quicker. Your brain has to think quicker. Um, your movement has to be quicker. Getting the ball off your feet has to be quicker. Um, they close you down an extra half yard, which makes it difficult for you sometimes to get your head up. It's imperative. You got to match that first. And then you got to hope your quality, which you have, will be the difference maker. And you play intelligently, obviously. And getting the first goal against them is also a bonus in grabbing the tactical edge, I think. Um, because then you can maybe control the tempo of the game a little bit more. On this day, Austin FC had the chase at the entire night. And by the way, two goals were scored that were called back in the beginning that were offside. That really kind of were indicative of the slow start. It was slow. It was sloppy. You had uncharacteristic giveaways from people. The scoring went like this. Surgeon Goma in the 14th. Now, this was a huge uh, mistake from Andrew Tarbell. He actually, I don't know if it handcuffed him, but it, he kind of parries it down and then it goes through his own legs back into the goal. So that's 14th minute. 
Uh, Drew Yearwood, who comes over from England, 26th. Uh, pressing game, bad pass. Uh, now it's 2-0. Yearwood in the 26th. And then you get Drew, season the 45th. So you're back in it, 2-1 at the half. 51st minute, Harper. This is off a bad giveaway from uncharacteristically from Alex Ring. Loss of possession in midfield comes right back down your throat. It's now three to one. Tom Barlow's in, brought into the game. Again, it's a midfield duel where Austin FC is outfought. Ball gratuitously falls to a player who puts Barlow in. He finishes. Now it's four to one. Four minutes later, Driussi drifts in the midfield, picks up a ball, beach Yearwood. Now, I, I, I will tell you, if you go back and you look at Drew Yearwood, you will say that is not a great example of one-on-one -on -one defending. It was way too easy. Um, and it was very loose, very casual. And Yearwood in the end and his team get punished because Driussi hits about a 30-yard bomb. That's just unbelievable. How glorious is it to watch this guy play the game? And to know you got him in Austin each and every week. Um, and we'll talk more with uh, Alex Goodman of the Austin Chronicle and the Verde Report about just the privilege. We get to see Sebastian Driussi each and every week, you as fans. Uh, so he gets another in the 69th. He's single-handedly trying to bring you back in the game. You make changes. You get some real benefit coming in the game. Uh, especially on the Finley goal in the 81st minute. Caroso gets up, hits a scissor kick, a lot of spectacular, a lot of wow factor to this. And Finley has glided in. He's unattended, unmarked, and, and scores the goal. Now, how big of a signing is he, Ethan Finley, in the context of what's going on with Cecilio Dominguez, who's now going on mutual consent? We'll talk about that in a minute. How big of a signing is that? The other thing is with... Cecilio Dominguez reinstated but not playing, it's allowed Owen Wolf an opportunity to gain immeasurable, and I mean immeasurable, experience as a young soccer player. Immeasurable. Uh, what a great story he is. And fan base probably, oh, it's the coach's son, and, you know, judgments are rushed to. Austin FC fans, I think, I think you like him right now. I think you like him. And I think for him, this is so significant in a professional career to be around these pros, to be around this environment, to have this real pressure, have to play in front of crowds like this and, and, and really responsibly as a young man, do a great job. So it's, it's, it's impressive. And so it ends 4-3. That's the final. A um, lot of bad giveaways, a lot of unforced errors. Um, Aaron Long went off for the New York Red Bulls. It's a team full of young guys, uh, self-inflicted mistakes. These are all things that we can easily talk about and not dealing with the Red Bull pressure. That said, you almost come back and tie the game. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they tied the game and maybe won it on a day like that. Now that is something positive when you don't have your game and it's a bad day and you still almost get a point out of it and you show that you do have the power of recoverability. Um, no question about it. But this is a game I think that a lot will be learned from. Maybe it's quote unquote, the timely loss. If there is such a thing, nobody likes to lose, but maybe this is in some ways 
the timely loss. And again, the Red Bulls, not only did they get good pressure on the ball, but they also got narrow defensively. They did cut a, a, a lot of passing lanes out and they made it difficult. And if you're a center back, Julio Cascante and Ruben Gabrielson, and you're looking up and you really don't see any angles to play people the ball. And by the way, that's not just on Cascante and Gabrielson. It's on people's movement um, and a lot of other things that come into the context of making it difficult to play out of the back. Alex Ring. Uh, also, you know, to find the feet of skilled players like Driussi and Fagundes was not easy. So credit to the Red Bulls. Got to give them the credit. They married pressure on the ball, had an excellent team shape, and they doled the sword of some of the great weapons of Austin FC to an extent because Driussi did score two goals. So from the perspective of the New York Red Bulls, you might be critical of how they managed the game late. And they did have some mental lapses. I think that comes with a young team. We've seen that before throughout the year with them. And they didn't really have, to me, that singular player that could put a foot on a ball and kind of dictate the game at the end. It's high energy. There's no question. It is high, high energy football when it comes uh, to the New York Red Bulls. And they deserve the win. You got to give it to them. All right, so let's go back to the other announcement we heard, and that was Cecilio Dominguez, who was reinstated, but based on mutual consent, he is now gone. So what does that do? That opens up a designated player spot. Um, so this is interesting. He was reinstated. He never played. You kind of wonder what would have happened if he came on the field. And that's a tricky situation. And I obviously do not know all of what goes in and around that. But we can think about things. And I think that's fair for us to do because he was a designated player. He was a big early piece of this club. Um, tricky situation. And then with obviously the links to Emiliano Rigoni, the 29-year-old Argentine, Okay, remember he played at Zenit St. Petersburg with Sebastian Driussi, played there 47 times, scoring five goals, according to my research. Obviously, he was a higher goal scorer earlier in his career in the Argentine First Division at Belgrano and Independiente. 29 years of age, was loaned out by Zenit to Atalanta in Italy, Sampdoria, and then in Spain to Elche. He played 42 games on loan, only scored four goals there. He's a winger who's probably not necessarily being brought strictly for goals. He's being brought for a lot of other things and could be, if, if he does come, could be an incredible piece at the right time. Now, he's been playing at Sao Paulo, 30 appearances there, four appearances, uh, four goals. So signing like him, a signing like Caroso, are two potential platforming signings for this team, Washington Caroso at a really good time of the year. Um, and you're in great shape as it is. Some, some teams would be content. I like the fact that Austin FC is still looking constantly to improve their team. Have some resources to do it now because you don't have a, have a designated player. And you can't rule out that maybe they feel, hey, we can get a better player in here. 
I don't know. There's a lot of dynamics in and around the whole Dominguez thing. Obviously, the fan base was upset. Um, so parting ways, this is a really interesting DP signing if it happens with Rigoni, which it sounds like it is. It's a lot of links. And what that could potentially do from a standpoint of platforming the team forward. Um, it makes it very, very exciting to think about that with Washington Caroso. Um, this in terms of the standards of an Austin FC game, there was still great entertainment value out there. You saw some great goals. You saw a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of mistakes, which was a bit troubling. This looked a little bit more like last year, but on the other hand, maybe it's a timely loss and it's an opportunity now to kind of, uh, get grounded again here in what has been an outstanding season. Um, there's no question this team is going to make the playoffs. I know nobody would want me to say that, but there's no question this team is going to make the playoffs. It's been a remarkable season. For me, I, I say this always to people. Uh, this is one of the most interesting teams in all of Major League Soccer uh, to watch. I love the fact that the fans identify with a playing style. It's not just results. And that... I don't think there's any question, Josh Wolf, Claudio Reyna. This is all very contrived. They, they want a fan base that identifies with an attacking, entertaining product with individuals within it that can pull off plays like Triusi and give you five-star entertainment and a real reason to get out to Q2 Stadium. And this is how you sustain it. Um, year two here, winning, scoring goals. Um, playing better, improving the squad. This was, I got to tell you, there had to be huge pressure on everybody because you can't have this fan base without rewarding them. And they have so far. So it's great stuff there. Um, each and every week you get to watch a Sebastian Driussi. Fantastic stuff. Great soccer. All right. We're going to take a break here. Uh, we remind you. Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710 is the number. John and his firm, they're personal injury attorneys. Uh, I took in the Man City game with him uh, in Houston against Club America, uh, and I can't tell you uh, enough how, certainly I, but I would almost say we, because he helps get soccer on the airwaves uh, with the support of the Horn in Austin, Texas. The more soccer talk, the better. Uh, I try to provide the best we can. We bring in guys uh, like our next guest in the next segment who are writing about the game, who are Austin-based, like Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle and the Verde Report and Chris Bills of, of Stryker. Um, these shows have always been, for me, intended uh, to help the community as well. Um, we had the Austin Soccer Foundation on as well. And I was uh, sad to have missed that event because it sounded like it was great and as always for a great cause. All right. Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. DaspitLawAustin.com. We'll take a break. We got more to come. Sends in the cross towards Ring. It's Triusi got hold of that Oh, oh, oh. 
All right, welcome back to The Horn in Austin, Texas. We continue on here tonight. The show, is always, is sponsored by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. By the way, John Daspit and I took in the Manchester City Club America game recently in Houston, 61000 for that. Uh, our our uh, big night uh, uh, for the international game. Uh, John Daspit, DaspitLawAustin.com. Their phone number is 512-865-6710. They are bilingual. You get in a car accident, boat, motorcycle, uh, John and his firm, 24-7, going to work for you, DaspitLawAustin.com. Joining us now, Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle, the Verde Report. He's been a guest on this show before. Uh, as always, this show, a platform for others. And uh, we certainly, we had Chris Bills on last week of The Striker. This week, Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle. He's great uh, rising young writers covering Austin FC. All right, Eric, uh, just... Take me into your initial general thoughts on the four to three New York Red Bulls win over Austin FC. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I mean, apart from three, you know, of, of some of the most beautiful goals that you're going to see in Major League Soccer, um, which kind of, you know, shifted the tone a bit in a little bit in Austin's favor. You know, they really looked like uh, for most of the match, like they had no idea what they were going to be up against against New York Red Bulls, which is, you know, a little surprising because they probably come with the most reliable and most well-known reputation of any team in this league. They're going to press you. They're going to be young and athletic and difficult to break down. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think Austin, I mean, we heard from Josh Wolf saying that they, they didn't have a great week of training leading up to it. This is probably an opponent where the week of training leading up is of, you know, the most importance because they do such, they do play in such a different way than the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, and and you could you could see Austin FC looked sluggish. Um, they they were nowhere for the first 15, 30 minutes of the game, and it really, you know, their saving grace is the fact that more times than not, they're going to have the very best player on the pitch at any given time, and Sebastian Driussi, who can just do things that you don't often see in this league, and uh, that gave them, you know, that made it a very entertaining game. They were able to, you know, keep, you know, the chasing a draw up until the the final whistle, but. Uh, I think it, it's it's a disappointing performance overall from coaches to players. And, you know, you're going to have those every now and then. And they've been on a great run, but that was not their finest hour last night. I agree. Not not hitting the panic button, anybody. It's been an outstanding season. But um, we're talking to Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle, the Verde Report. Um, a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes you, you brought up. And I would just agree 100 percent with you that you know, did not match the work ethic, um, knew exactly what was coming at him. It's just like Houston with Minnesota and Minnesota without Reynoso. And everybody knew Minnesota was going to be in a low block. You can't concede the first goal. Um, but boy, they, they really struggled dealing with the pressure of the New York Red Bulls. And, and I think in some ways they get an extra half a yard of pressure on you. They marry that with a good team shape. They cut off passing lanes and we saw guys making uncharacteristically bad decisions, uh, bad giveaways. I mean, Nick Lima's led to a goal. Uh, Alex Rings led to a goal. You had an issue in the goalkeeping department with a guy who's a good goalkeeper who had a bad game, Andrew Tarbell. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, everybody in their mother's sitting in their chair or at Q2 going, all right, let's see it. Austin FC, the great possession game best team, one of the best on the ball in the league against the press. And it didn't work. And you mentioned it the entire first half. Um, they really had a stranglehold on Austin FC. 
Yeah. And, you know, the question becomes, you know, did Red Bulls, you know, provide the blueprint of how to beat Austin FC? And I think there's, you know, not a lot of teams can play with that intensity, but I think there's some truth to it. One of the things, you know, maybe the, the thing that makes Austin FC and its system so good is they do play a lot of low percentage passes, but but it, they come off and, and they're built on playing these, you know, passes to break down lines that other teams are more hesitant to attempt. Austin FC typically does them well, but when you have a team that can put that pressure and just be right up upon the back of, of every midfielder receiving a pass and, and you know, force these turnovers, you know, Austin FC still does not have the speed uh, in defense to kind of mop up uh, when those mistakes do happen. I mean, Ruben Gabrielson, who's had a, a great season, has, you know, been exactly what, you know, the, what Austin FC hoped they were getting in a starting center back. He doesn't have the speed to to make up for, and he, and he was sliding all over the place after some of those giveaways. So you know it is a concern, but luckily for uh, for Austin FC, the you know they're not going to face that team again until you know at the earliest MLS Cup, which I think any uh, Austin fan would take that. Yeah, New York Red Bulls, you got to give them a lot of credit. They forced a lot of errors. Um, I, I also think from a technical standpoint, the way the passes was off, it just wasn't the normal. Sharp Austin FC guys giving the ball away, including Drew UC, uh, a number of times in the first half. And he was pretty ghost-like until he scores the goal. Now I want to take it to that volley to make it two to one, because I, I think a lot of people maybe bypass the degree of difficulty of that. And actually, if we watch closely, his footwork moving back away, and then obviously the clean strike through a maze of people, it's a phenomenal goal. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering, you know, how it gets through so much traffic, like, you know, how, how does that make it all the way through into the, into the side netting? And it, it's, I think it's a situation where those Red Bulls defenders, you know, on that ball that, that lands, you know, easily 25 to 30 yards, uh, you know, in front of goal, they're not expecting to face a shot in that situation. And, and Drew UC picks it completely out of the air, um, you know, a full volley and keeps it low. And it's just, you know, catches, the entire Red Bulls defense off guard. I think if any of them are anticipating a shot there, they react in time to get in the way of it. But but that's what Driussi brings is the not just the ability to pull off, you know, outrageous things, but to attempt them in the first place, which is just not what you see a lot, what these defenders are used to seeing a lot. Eric, by the way, you go back and look at that. He's completely unmarked on the corner um, and they get very slow out to pressure the ball. I mean, that's the last guy on a set piece or a corner that you're not in and around. And then of course he scored that other spectacular goal, but I want to take you into Driussi because this is a rare player in this league. This is a player to your point that breaks lines with passes. Um, not every team has this guy. You got Minnesota's got Reynoso, you know, LA has got Vela. I, I mean, teams have these guys. Not every team has these types of guys that in a minute or two can make plays and change the direction of a game that you've played poorly in or win you a game that you don't deserve to win. Austin's got that guy. Him just as an athlete and as an attraction in Austin, that's what I want you to take me into because I said this on Bucky and Aaron early this morning on, on the horn that Austin soccer fans, uh, you get this guy week in and week out. You can go watch him play. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and I hope the fan base here knows what they're seeing and, and what they have, because it's a player that, um, you know, you think about Austin FC just, uh, you know, agreed to a, a contract termination with Cecilio Dominguez. 
Tomas Pochettino is on loan in Argentina. That's your first two DPs that are off the squad. And yet this team is in the position it's in because of how much they hit on that third DP in Driussi. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that, that changes the game the minute he walks on the pitch. We even saw that last year when he made his debut. Um, Austin FC had one of its best stretches of the season. You know, immediately the, their, their second half of the season was miles better than their first half. And I think a lot of that has to do with Driussi's arrival. Uh, and, you know, you are starting to see a lot of number sevens, uh, you know, jerseys at Q2 Stadium. And, um, you know, if, if I was advising any Austin FC fan of, of a, you know, of a shirt to wear, a jersey to buy, that would be it. Because, um, you know, for however much longer he's here, uh, he's going to do things that are worth the price of admission. Even uh, even this price of admission in, in, in the resale market uh, here in Austin you know, he 20, is, he's 25 years old. And let's look at his qualities. I mean, he can turn himself into a center forward and attack crosses. He can play make. He can set a tempo. You catch him often back in his own third defending uh, set pieces. Uh, I, I mean, this guy really has it all in context of Major League Soccer. Uh, he is so fun to watch. I mean, on a night where you're not playing well, he brings you back into the game. It was funny to watch the goal where he goes past Yearwood. Yearwood, I would not say, was uh, the model one-on-one uh, -on -one defender on this play. but And then he hits an absolute bomb from about 32, 30 yards out. Um, and, and it just looks so effortless. I, I just find this guy so entertaining to watch, and he's got a great supporting cast as well. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm having these conversations and we're having these conversations in the press box about, you know, wh what, where, where is he lacking as an attacking player? I mean, you, you're, you did mention he does have a tendency to, to go silent for a little bit. You know, I, I wonder, uh, you know, if, if he operates, uh, you know, in, in his motivation in terms well, let of. Let me just stop you right there, because remember in Houston, when uh, Sebas Ferrer scored from the halfway line and you remember the the game winner Drius he had where he bends it into the upper, you know, he was kind of quiet up to that point. Right. And right. He, he takes he, a throw and beats a guy, bends it in the upper corner. And it's like an eye popping goal. And the, the other thing about him too, is, is I would, and I failed to tell you this or, or bring this up was just the amount of good decisions you get on the ball simply by having that guy on the field. Yeah, he, when he's engaged, you know, Chris Bills, you know, up in the press box, he called the uh, that second goal uh, like a frustration strike. You know, it's the kind of thing where when when he is determined to to not let this team lose, he's going to attempt things and, and more often than not pull them off and, and score. And even on that third goal, you know, um, with the, you know, made famous by the Washington Caruso, you know, bicycle assist, that's a Driussi cross that that clears every defender in the box and gives Caroso an opportunity to get something on it and, and draw Austin FC even one step closer to potentially tying that game. Um, you know, it, I'm going to be very intrigued to see him, you know, later in the season. Uh, it, it, it appears as often as he is, is, you know, well on track to make the playoffs and potentially even host a playoff game. And that's when it would be interesting to see if 90 minutes of Drew UC locked in, um, you know, how deep can he take this team? Eric Goodman joining us, uh, Austin Chronicle, Verde Report, great young, talented writer. Eric, let me let me take you back to something you said, dare I say it. Uh, but with his performance, obviously, he's got a lot of eyeballs on him, probably from Liga MX and other places uh, around the world. Um, 
just take me into that. I mean, should we be concerned? You you could potentially lose a Sebastian Driussi sooner rather than later. I think I, I have to imagine that you know if Austin FC ownership is you know if this is how they want to play it, then they're going to be able to make a fair bit of profit off of Driussi from you know I think the seven million and change that that they bought him for from from Zenit. Uh, the way he's playing. I just can't imagine being a side, you know, beyond Premier League top four that that's going to look at, at his technical ability and what he can do and say, now we're good. We we don't even we're, we have no interest in that. I think he's, you know, is deserving of that kind of interest and in whether or not, um, you know, he decides that this is where he wants to be long term and whether the club decides that, you know, they might forego you know, a little bit of, of, of extra financial gain to, to keep a player like that on the pitch, uh, I think it'll be interesting to, to see play out. Yeah. And the other thing I always think about is you want to win something with them first before, before you sell them. You know, I always look at Dallas and we're always applauding, you know, they're moving all these young guys on and I'm like, yeah, but you're not winning anything. Uh, maybe you, you want to win something with Jesus Ferreira before you sell them. Right. Um, yeah. And I think maybe that attitude may be changing a little bit at FC Dallas, but that's, and you brought up another valuable point. It's, it's what Drusi wants to do too. I mean, it's obvious uh, the welcome mat is here for him to stay the way he's playing for long-term. So uh, I think you bring a valuable point up there. Cecilio Dominguez. I'm thinking it's, it's not a big loss at this point. I, I, I think it's allowed for opportunity for others uh, as talented and technical as he is. Um, I don't think he's been missed. You? Uh, I mean, obviously they've, they performed really well in his absence and, and, but uh, you know, that right wing spot has been kind of one of the, you know, one of the, the soft spots of this team, you know, a timeshare pretty much between Ethan Finley and 17 year old Owen Wolf. Now what Austin FC, it appears that they'll be able to do by coming to terms on, you know, terminating Dominguez's contract is now they can go and they can get, another designated player. It looks like it's going to be Emiliano Rigoni uh, based on reports um, out of Brazil. And uh, you know, that he's going to slot in, you know, somebody who's played with Triussi at Zane at St. Petersburg um, slot in right into that right wing spot uh, and, and kind of be, you know, that second attacking DP, obviously Alex ring, your third DP is, is a defensive minded player. Now you're finally going to re equip yourself uh, with two designated players leading the attack and, uh, and Diego Fagundes, who is putting up, you know, DP performances a lot, you know, more weeks than not on the left wing. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that it will go a long way to, to, you know, making Austin FC elevating them from, you know, middle of the road team, having a really impressive season to potentially an MLS cup contender. Yeah. I mean that you're right. The, 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 you know, the rich get richer in a way. I mean, this has kind of turned into a champagne problem because it's proven out your depth with Ethan Finley and, and that being a brilliant move. And it's also given Owen Wolf who initially came to Austin to, to rehab an injury, a uh, tremendous opportunity to get a lot of experience. And, and as a 17 year old is handling it very well. Yeah, and actually, you're right. And, and and Finley is deserving of a lot of praise from what he's done. Five goals and five assists the, so far this season. You know, a guy who you know appeared to be kind of on the back end of of his prime in his career, uh, and you know, somebody who knew Josh Wolf really well and has come in in a short time and in a role that he didn't anticipate 
having to fill with, with this much playing time and, and has really helped, you know, scored a lot of big goals for them, including one last night, which again, it didn't, you know, didn't result in points, but, but did allow that game to go right up to the final whistle uh, with some excitement. Good contributions in your opinion, Danny Pereira, Ethan Finley, Komanich off the bench last night, uh, as well as uh, Gita and of course uh, Caroso with the uh, scissors uh, to Ethan Finley. So your two wingers definitely brought something and helped you pull a goal back. What'd you think of the play off the bench last night? Yeah. And I'm excited for, um, you know, these last uh, 12 or so weeks of uh, Washington Caroso. It seems like he's going to be a really entertaining player to watch. Just so, so shifty, so quick. Um, I wonder if, if Josh Wolf is planning to keep him in a substitutes role for the most part, or if he will crack the starting 11 and see how he can hold up, you know, over 90 minutes. Danny Pereira, I think, uh, you know, was, was the right substitution to bring in probably should have started that match. You know, his technical ability to break lines and, and not make those mistake passes is better than Felipe Martins already. Uh, and, you know, I think that's a, a, a fair criticism on Josh Wolf is to, you know, not having seen that and, and, you know, Danny Pereira's lost a bit of trust uh, in Josh Wolf's eyes and, and Wolf is, is, you know, admitted to that straight up, you know, with some of these red cards and yellow card suspensions, suspensions that Pereira's picked up, he's lost some of that trust that has gone towards Felipe. Well, he was so and, excellent in the beginning of the year. I mean, he, he, was, he was a big part of the turning point to me of this club um, uh, in the beginning of the year. So I, I hope they get that back with him. There may have been a little sentimental value in Felipe Martin starting against his old team, the Red Bulls. Yeah. I don't think Josh was as much for sentimental value from, from what I've, what I gather, but uh, you're right. I mean, Pereira was arguably Austin FC's best player, a certainly top three player for the first half of the season. And uh, it, it seems a little harsh uh, that he's had difficulty, you know, cracking starting 11 recently uh, with his play, even though, you know, he is maturing. All right. So with Washington Caroso, uh, we've got potential here, excitement around what he can produce. He's, he's given us a, a great glimpse. Uh, potentially Rigoni, these could be two enhancing signings. And as you, as well as I know, uh, when you win the supporter shield or when you, you put the best body of work during the regular season together, a lot of times you get bounced in the playoffs because you really don't get an advantage. I don't think it's an advantage. Um, how they enter the playoffs this year, and we're not going to know that until the rest of the season plays out, that really entering that second season, where they are at that time is going to be really interesting to me. And, and, and I'm already beginning to think about that with Austin FC, even though I know they haven't officially made the playoffs. I think the best thing working in their favor, and, and they also, you mentioned the, the, the two additions, you know, the one addition Carosa that they've made already, the one that appears to be upcoming in Rigoni. I think they are targeting uh, and, and really could use some depth at fullback too, because that's a very shallow position that, you know, they're, they've lucked into John Gallagher proving that, that he can be, you know, an every week starting right back or starting left back. Um, but yeah, I think the best thing, um, most encouraging factor when you look at Austin FC potentially as, as a playoff contender is, you know, this team is just never out of a match. They can go down 2-0, they can go down 3-1. Uh, and, and if there's time on the clock, you know, they more often than not have proven this year that they will, you know, 
come back and give themselves a chance to either ex- extend a match to extra time or win a match in 90 minutes. And I think, you know, there's no more quality, there's no quality that you would want more than that going into, you know, a tournament style elimination. And they showed it against the Red Bulls in a game they didn't play very well at all and committed a ton of mistakes, ton of unforced errors. So, um, you know, at that point, at the end of the game, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they may tie it. They could potentially win it. And I think everybody in Q2 felt the same way. Eric, as always, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Let's get you on again real soon. We'll continue the discussion around Austin FC. Appreciate it, Glenn. Until next time. All right, that's Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle, Verde Report. Great stuff there from him. We appreciate that. Show is always brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Welcome back to Soccer Matters, final segment of the night here. We're going to hit it real hard here. We're going to hit it quick. We're going to talk a little Manchester City, and we're going to talk a little bit about the next opponent, Sporting Kansas City for Austin FC. Again, uh, a big thank you to our presenting sponsor. He's John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. Hey, by the way, a quick shout out here. I would really love it if Austin and soccer fans you got behind uh, lamontbrands.com lamontbrands.com you go there you get the soccer matters t-shirt it's inexpensive great quality cotton and all the proceeds go to the snowdrop foundation a 501c charity uh, for pediatric cancer research scholarships and of course i use both this show and the one in houston uh, for pediatric cancer awareness all right um Let's just uh, get into a little bit here when it comes to uh, Manchester City. Now, they were just in Houston. I was at the game. 61,000 people were there for that one. Um, Unbelievable atmosphere. This is one of the reasons why Houston will get World Cup 2026. Uh, The great fan participation, ticket buying, top to bottom soccer community, just like Austin, Texas. Um, the soccer community brought the World Cup in 2026 to Houston. So some of you may be coming in for that, I would imagine. All right. So Manchester City, 61,000 against uh, Club America. Pair of goals from Kevin De Bruyne, just effortless, unbelievable. Your eyes are drawn to this guy. You know him. Um, pretty contentious, too. And I think a lot of people in Houston were thinking, well, Club America is going to draw Manchester City. I was indifferent to that, and I felt Man City would have more fans here simply because, like many of you know, not everybody likes Club America. In fact, they're very hated when it comes to Mexican fans. They don't like them. They're kind of the Yankees, maybe, uh, of New York Yankees, if you're making a comparison with Major League Baseball. Um, and, you know, Houston's full of fans from, you know, of, of, of Reados, Tigres, Chivas, on and on. So 60-40, I think, was the split in favor of Man City. And, hey, by the way, don't forget the Mexican soccer culture absolutely loves football. It's a culture I'll put up against any in the world and they love the Premier League too. So, you know, the, the makeup of the crowd was fantastic, really diverse, really mixed and a wonderful uh, night. Uh, Like I said, club America is always going to want to perform well against the Premier League champions, a little bit contentious or some pushing and shoving with Jack Grealish and Memo Ochoa and some fire. De Bruyne got two. Henry Martin got one for Club America. Um, 
the Premier League side obviously showing its quality. And uh, that's how it ends. Everybody had a great night. It was an uplifting night. Fans enjoyed it. Uh, got tons of calls. Now, one other cool thing that I was able to do was I set up a radio show live from their practice session, which was really fun because I could come back from break and, you know, I'd, I'd lead into, hey, Pep Guardiola now is talking with Kevin De Bruyne at the halfway line as we welcome you back. Uh, I, I noticed him in this practice session very much going up to Julian Alvarez from River Plate, one of the new signings, Calvin Phillips, Erling Holland. A lot of talk with those guys. They didn't do much. It was just basically, uh, you know, some ball possession work, a little crossing and finishing, the stretching. Wasn't much. This was the day before the game. Uh, and then they went up to, obviously, Lambeau Field. That game was delayed. Many of you uh, might have taken it in. Many of you might have caught the early part of that. They ended up winning 1-0. By the way, Erling Holland did not debut in Houston. And every time they put his face up on the scoreboard, the place went nuts. I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how Erling Holland is integrated into this team. He did have the goal uh, very quickly in the victory over Bayern Munich, who he's used to playing for at Lambeau Field in Green Bay um, in that rain-delayed game. So they got a 1-0 victory there. But to see him integrated in this team under Pep Guardiola is going to be really, really interesting. Um, he's probably going to have to play with his back to goal a lot more now against deeper defending and lower block teams, uh, which is something that Manchester City uh, definitely confronts a lot. Um, so Calvin Phillips also comes in from Leeds. Is that going to allow them to play with a double pivot, the second midfielder? You got Rodri there as well. Um, that's going to, you know, allow you to do a couple of other different things uh, with Phillips coming from Leeds United. And then Julian Alvarez also nearly scored against Bayern Munich, uh, another very, very talented player uh, from River Plate. But uh, partnership being developed between De Bruyne, Grealish, Holland, big riches. Uh, it's hard to believe players like Gabriel Jesus going to Arsenal, Raheem Sterling. These guys are gone. They will go Manchester City for a third straight Premier League title. Now, let's talk about Sporting Kansas City, the next opponent for Austin FC. They come off a 2-0 loss at home to LAFC. Christian Arango in the 56, and then Gareth Bale scored his first Major League Soccer goal in the 83rd. Uh, Arango assisting on... That, and just before I get into Sporting Kansas City, you know, everybody goes right to Carlos Vela and all these stars, right? Gareth Bale, Christian Arango has nine goals and three assists. Nine goals and three assists for LAFC. Giorgio Collini started and played that match. Steve Chirundolo is a first-year coach. Um, really interesting environment out there, and they've got guys on the bench like Segura, Hollingshead, and blessing. But let me get back to Sporting Kansas City here. They started with Amelia um, in goal, Ndembe, Fontes, Ismayat, Zusi, Wal Walter, the holding midfielder, Shallowy, Eric Tommy, he's the new signing for them, Hernandez, Russell, and Kyrie Shelton, the Austin product up front. Um, they're in last place. They're struggling. Uh, obviously, they've got reasons for that, including Alan Polito out for the entire year. So Tough stuff up uh, for Sporting Kansas City. That is not an easy place to play. This is not going to be an easy game. Um, Peter Vermees will have his team motivated. Peter Vermees will still believe they can make a run and make something happen. They're going to have to do something really, really special 
at this stage. And it should be a, an interesting matchup. And you're going to get a team that's going to try to press you at certain times again, much like uh, uh, the New York Red Bulls. All right. Um, that does it tonight for Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Again, a big thank you to John Daspit, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710. The Daspit Law Firm, uh, they're going to take your case, work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. Big thank you to producer Ty Henderson. You can hit me up at Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD, Facebook Soccer Matters, glendavissoccer.com. Daspit Law Firm is our presenting sponsor, and we thank them immensely, daspitlawaustin.com. Podcast to this show at hornfm.com. And as always, uh, until next week, remember Soccer Matters, and thank you for tuning in. Get that podcast over at hornfm.com. Thanks for tuning in tonight.